morning from the Downloadable Concept Podcast. It's here, Talon Lee, your fresh radio DJ. Tuning in today, we've got on the segments of food, more food, and even more food, Fox Lee, Fox Lee, and Fox Lee. Not so loud. <laughs> and of course, as always, on the smile train, we have Big Jeb Wrench. This train? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Uh, you mean like the whole entire month? Wait, who are you? <laughs> Where am I? What happened who, here? Who are you? How do we do this? Well, after not being able to raise this on the internet for two weeks, I assume Jeb just thought that Australia got nuked or something. <laughs> what are you doing in my house? <laughs> the box is yelling at me again. And now on to Jeb Wrench <laughs> with the news. It tasted kind of dusty. Uh, news, uh, everything is on sale on the Humble Store. Ah, yes. Ooh. Just, just everything. Yeah, uh, Tropico 4 is free as of the time of this upload, I believe. Uh, it will no longer be free by the time that people hear this. Hmm, well, we are just dissolving it, some of the magic of radio there. <laughs> and, uh, Game Maker is Super Bowls cheap? Uh, yes, the Humble Bundle has Game Maker and a bunch of different asset piles, and... I should probably get that. I, I know yeah, on general print. And publishing uh, modules. Yeah, so you can put them out like on the, phones. Like and the iOS and Android. Ah, oh, jeez. Okay, yeah, anyone who's vaguely interested in amateur video game stuff should probably grab that now. Grab it even if you're not interested, because it's 15 bucks. And if you become interested, getting Game Maker without this bundle sale is like $190. Oh, it includes $1,200 worth of stuff overall. It also comes with a bunch of source code to, to yes. play around with. Yes, yes. So if you're like, I liked that game, but wouldn't it be better if everyone was a giant crab ruining the British economy? Ooh, most <laughs> games would be. I think that uh, the British crabs aren't the really ones who... Yes, Jeb? Is it that you've been playing the swindle again? I've been playing the swindle again, yes. <laughs> Isn't, a, isn't that a state in Canada, British crabs? British crabs, yeah. That was the thing. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's where Vancouver yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, British crabs. Uh, I I've, have indeed been playing the swindle. Um, I got stuck in the warehouse district at one point and just started screen capping all the different warehouse signs. <laughs> and I didn't realize this, but apparently daddies is one of the words that it can randomize. Oh, boy. So I've played around in daddy's electronics. Uh, uh. <laughs> in a society with robots, no less. <laughs> Man, see, that's inappropriate because it, it sounds sexual to begin with, but now it stopped sounding sexual to me because now all I can think of is those uh, creepy American Christian cult things where daddy is like this keyword for... You know, this is how I show I have a respectful relationship with my daughter that will prevent her from looking at other men. Oh, yeah, where, where, daddy specifically, or uh, or, or the or the weird phenomenon of mums referring to their husbands as daddy in those groups. That's right? still weird to me. Oh, Christ! Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, like, what I guess what I'm saying is, it used to be less creepy when it just sounded like something you might say during sex. Now it's worse. I think at this point we're really uh, appropriating Soldier 76 culture. <laughs> Surely he's just dad. We should probably explain what the hell's been going on, shouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, it's been do a great. Podcast. <laughs> Australia has been upgrading its internet infrastructure. Uh, not for us, though, because... Oh. <laughs> well, well uh, you know, the government changed and they were like, hmm, this, this seems good, but it's going to cost a lot of money. How about we just take out most of it? 
And uh, crucially, let's go, let's go fiber all the way to the node. And then all the other properties who haven't been done already, we'll just leave them with shitty old copper lines <laughs> from like, I don't know, when was our suburb made? Greater point being, we had an internet disconnect that was meant to take a little bit and it took two weeks. Two weeks, including two Saturdays. So that's why we were missing. We're very sorry about that. The previous missing week was because we were at a convention up in And the Sydney. one before that, too? And the one before that was also a convention? Uh, I think so. I don't think we put out an episode all August. That seems wrong. Uh, well, we have, you know. It's been like a week. A week, a month. Yeah, I guess it might be. I didn't think Smash was only a week after Berserker, though. Actually, you know what it is? I'm, that midweek, we had something come up health-wise. I'm not sure if it was us being sick or Jeb was dizzy or something, but... Oh, there was a uni thing. Oh, yeah, the uni. The uni. That was a, yeah, yeah, there was another con. Anyway, yeah. quite a fact, it was supposed to, in fact, provide no outage. It's supposed to be an instant cutover. And for most houses, it is. <laughs> but it just seems like this place is a little bit cursed when it comes to connecting internet stuff. Yep. On the other hand, this down means I have a download speed that's measurable in megabits. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the really sad bit here is we've now got about 13 megabits, and we're like, holy shit, this is the fastest internet ever. And that's only one megabit faster than the theoretical cap on our previous connection. Mm -hmm. uh, we were getting 0.4 megabits yeah. most of the time. Our internet has gotten 20 times faster. Yeah, and it's still kind of shit. <laughs> it's still technically subpar. Yeah. By first world standards. Right. But it does mean that I can now do things like upload files quickly and use Dropbox usefully. Um, yeah, I, well, we can stream videos again. Yeah, that might work now. I, I might be able to stream gameplay of stuff. Anyway, so this is exciting news, and, and finally, it seems to be more or less stable. It has been quite the saga of Fox annoyedly talking to customer support representatives over telephones on mobile data limits. Yeah, it hasn't been a good two weeks. During which no. time, a whole bunch of different things got played, including what Fox has been sinking a lot of time into. <laughs> well, I, if I have no internet connection, I'm going to go play a giant thing that lasts for a million hours that doesn't require any internet connection. And in fact, the online component of it is kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> the online component of Dark Souls is superb. Uh, it's PvP. It's like great A fuckery with other players. Actually, actually, correction. The co-op element of Dark Souls is really good. Anyway. Oh, the world invasions. Yeah, I forgot about that entirely. Anyway. I was just thinking of the messages. Mm. Like, I, I love those from the start. I love them still. They're wonderful. Anyway, tell everyone about your 30-second looping music game. Oh, Christ. No, the music's longer than that. It's just that there's about three pieces of music so far. I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles X again. Good. <laughs> of which my opinion remains more or less the same, which uh, begins with Jesus fucking Christ who decided you should not be able to increase the font size in this interface. <laughs> I, I don't have a particularly big TV, but it's not particularly small either. It, uh, if I was playing this on a computer screen, God. I like to imagine that this is a side effect of the Japanese design sensibility where they're like, everyone's like four feet from their television at the furthest, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not even very far away. Because our, in our case, the TV is in the garage because the, the uh, let's say, conventional entertainment mediums uh, were not prioritized over the, well, let's just put our computer desks in the living room. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's, it's just really fucking small and it's white text on a dark background, which is automatically harder to read. Uh, there's lots of typography nerdistry to be done over this, but it just boils down to the fact that I can't read the mission descriptions unless I get up off the couch and, you know, peer inward toward the TV. 
<laughs> which I'm not willing to do for most of your shitty missions. <laughs> so generally, you don't have to read the missions because it's true. Generally, until you come across one where someone will die if you fuck it up. <laughs> I have run across my first one of those, and that was no fun. In fact, I I had a little huff and rebooted. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I can't hear you. 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 Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I in fact, I uh, I looked it up to see if this was like. A, does it happen either way? Is it something I did? Turns out, yes. And you've got message boards full of people going, well, I love that. That's realistic. That's the way life is. Suck it up. And I'm going, it's not really the way life is, is it? Because if it was real life, I would be like, I'm not going to make this decision now. Wait here. I'm going to use my literal teleportation to go back to the city and ask someone who knows the answer. I, I'm a little cross with people who take the that's the way life is angle on uh, decision consequences. It's it's hard to support that when you are in a game and painfully aware that you're in a game. Because it's a pretty gamey game most of the time. It is extremely game. Yes, which is fine. (laughs) I haven't been playing. It has your your respawning mechanic as part of the game. (laughs) Yes, yes, it does. We're well past past spoiler warning, right? The the game is half a year old. (laughs) Well, we could. I mean, we'll throw in a spoiler warning now because I haven't really given anything away. Just people can die at some point. Yeah, uh, it's a spoiler warning. Everybody's a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I didn't know this. Oh! <laughs> oh, man, I'm like up to chapter four. While. Uh, whoops. <laughs> That's cool. No, that makes me feel great. So no one's really dead. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I figured you knew if you were talking about people dying. <laughs> no, no, I'm just talking about the first incidental mission where if you connect the wrong wire, the helicopter crashes. <laughs> This mission, by the way, is given to you as, I don't know which one you plug into where, it'll probably fly anyway, just do it. Oh, yeah, I didn't even worry about that when I couldn't stand people fucking flying it. <laughs> but no, it's no big deal, they die. They were they, They're not, they're, they're, they're robots. Yep. Brilliant. Does that mean I am too? Uh, yes, and uh, you're about to find that out rather spectacularly. Awesome. Key. Because you don't, do- your char- you don't know it in character. Your character doesn't know it until no, obviously. she dies. Until I mean, she, she almost gets killed. Until she gets her arm arm blown off. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. I hope it's the right arm because I'm, I am I picked a designer. It looks like I have a robot arm. Because I was like, hey, it's cool to have one big chunky robot girl. And I'm doing that. Uh, I was watching a friend of mine, Fiora, playing this game when it was brand new. And she refused to disclose what was going on. Just sharing, just sharing screen caps saying this this has gotten to peak anime. Turns out <laughs> the first time she said this has become peak anime was in the first third of the game. It is a very big game. It is definitely a mile wide pie. Yeah, I'm, I'm is- not certain I'm remotely close to that yet. I, uh, Jeb, you might have some idea. I haven't yet started chapter oh. four. Uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're not even close to. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, there are right. still two more continents, three more continents that you haven't seen yet. So you that might have I seen the, know. you might have seen the, the desert one. No, I not yet. So, no, no, that no, might be continents, I guess. I have visited all of them, I think, but only in the sense of I stuck my nose in here and things were level thirty-five, so I left. Yeah. <laughs> I've played MMOs a bit. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, what you're looking at. Uh, yeah, you're you got a long ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. I've done the first two for the most part, and I've stuck my nose into the next two out from there. So I guess there's one I haven't been to at all yet. Yeah, it's on the other side of the the of the of the best yes. one of the prettiest ones. Though I have now like a character loyalty mission. Like, uh, no, it's a recruitment mission that wants me to go fuck around there, and I'm like, I can't do that yet. And now you stuck this character in my party, and I can't get rid of her. What are you doing? Oh well. Is that the, it's gonna be fun? Is, is that is that murderous? Uh, no, no. Uh, I think it's or is Alexa. It the free, is, is her name? She opens by making you fight a mech. Okay, she's the she's the one that uh, yeah, she's the, she's the cool. Okay, she's the one who uh, loves robots. She's kind of yeah, neat. She has you... the same face and hair as my character. Coincidentally, they won't uh, they won't send you to a lo- like a recruitment mission or anything like that that you're not capable of doing. <laughs> That's as may be, but uh, in the meantime, I have to sneak past a bunch of things that are about 20 levels higher than me still. Well, running away is always not <laughs> You've never played games with Fox before, have you? I've done, no, I've done a lot of running away in this. You have to run away or you die constantly. That's a relief. Even in the first areas you go into, like the super lobby areas, there's like just one giant thing that occasionally runs down the path and will step on your face if you're in the way. Well, there, there are several, several massive... Yes. Monsters that will, massive, massive friends that will kill you. <laughs> and a bunch of peaceful ones as well, where if you're fighting near them and you accidentally maybe shoot them or something, they're like, oh, that's not happening. His name's Grex. <laughs> there are many, many Grexes. There's a something that's really, uh, again, spoilers, you're going to get your own robot. <laughs> Um, that something that's really know. satisfying once you get your own robot is to go find those low-level, like, <laughs> primals and stuff. Fuck you up. <laughs> Especially the little ones, because you can basically just step on them. <laughs> oh, sweet. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> because the giant, when you're in a giant robot, it, it handles like a giant robot. Oh, the little wonderful. things you can... The little little things will take damage just from you walking near them. <laughs> oh, I don't want to step on anything by accident. <laughs> but Be careful with my giant robot. But it also means that some of the bigger things notice you. So, <laughs> oh, oh no! There's a little give and take. After all, isn't it of the nature that the giant robot giveth and the giant robot taketh away? Pretty much, actually. <laughs> I understand it will mostly take it away money. Ah, well, still. Well, if, actually- if if you don't, if you uh, if you like, you know, crash or or it blows up on you, yeah. Oh, I just meant in terms of investing it because you got to invest in everything. <laughs> you literally have to. It's it's the United States. <laughs> there it is so, literally America. So many systems in this game. <laughs> There is literally an investment system. Is there a stock market? Is, has it gone into full? No, no, no. You, invest, no you, you invest in the arms dealers so that they can make more. Yeah. So that you can buy more weapons from them. All right. So it's a little bit Euro game. They go up at a slow rate when you use stuff they make. So like each weapon and piece of armor and whatnot is associated with a particular arms manufacturer. Ah. And as you use them, they go up a little bit, but mostly it's just like you mine resources and you sink vast sums of money into them. Mm-hmm. All the while thinking, well, hmm, otherwise- I'm kind of saving your lives here. You could just give me stuff. No. Capitalism. Coming. No. Capitalism. Exactly. <laughs> Video game economies, when the fate of the world is at stake, rarely make any kind of sense. 
Yeah, come to think of it, even like you're part of a government organization and you still have to buy all your own shit and gather all your own shit. And, like, they don't do anything. Honey, you, you need to meet a teacher sometime. <laughs> this is not new. <laughs> you don't get a wage. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? I'm having a realization right now. Yeah, you, you are the exploited underclass. And I'm a well, robot. Well, no, you're the, you're the ruling class. You're oh, the right. Ruling class. The ruling class of you're robot. you well, everyone's a robot. From space. But you have, you, you, it is implied that you have, uh, resources for day to day life. And also you have, you know, a place to live and all that, so. Alright. Uh, yeah, okay, I guess so. Sounding uncomfortably like my first job now, actually. Alright. Hey, Jebatronic. <laughs> yeah. It's been a month. I do have a robot. Have you played a video game at all? <laughs> Well, I don't have a Vita, so I have been playing games on that. Yes, you definitely um, don't have a PS Vita. Nobody has a Vita. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, no one has a PS Vita. So what have you not been playing on your not PS Vita, for the benefit of uh, the listener? Uh, well, uh, tried Final, I finally tried Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, uh, I, I suspect you hit the same wall I did. Uh, yeah, so like Final uh, Fantasy Tactics? Well, the plot sucks and the, the yeah. mechanics are, eh. <laughs> So <laughs> Plot, lol. So the thing with Final Fantasy Tactics is that it's generally regarded as a classic of an era where you didn't have digital distribution. And if a game frustrated you, your options were pretty much nothing. Like, you, there wasn't a healthy trade-in culture. So I think you mean play it forever with bloody-minded determination. There's the thing. Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. is... Look, broadly speaking, I will say Final Fantasy Tactics is a pretty good game. And I've got quotation marks around good game. Like, it has the hallmarks of a quality game. It is, you know, the the visual elements are all nicely put together. The systems are mostly coherent. And the content is fairly wide and varied. No, you- no, they're not fucking coherent. <laughs> they are not fucking coherent at all. <laughs> you look at that Zodiac shit and tell me... That is coherent. Okay, they, they they are coherent in an academic sense in that they make sense to themselves. They don't suddenly <laughs> change the rules inside themselves completely arbitrarily. Consistent, perhaps? Well, okay, but maybe way but yeah. they do. They do. Because they work differently when they're between different gendered people. There's part of the problem. Oh, that is bullshit. Yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics got to be a classic in a period where we simply had to put up with more bullshit from video games. And it's really good. I can understand why a lot of people have, like, a kind of deep affection for it. But, I mean, my personal gripe is the plot is almost actively abhorrent to me at this point. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, the kid in a wheelchair can walk again. Well, we got to do something about that. It's First of all, that's Final, Fantasy Tactics, that's Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yes, okay, right. Okay. <laughs> You're not talking about Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm mixing them up, I'm yes. talking about- I'm talking about the one where it's like, oh, but we're nobles and we protect the we protect the downtrodden and the poor. Okay. Why so, are the downtrodden and the poor rebelling? Okay, so take oh, well, what I said. Oh, well, I better stop the downtrodden and the poor. <laughs> okay, so take what I was saying about coherent systems <laughs> and- They and, put you on the wrong team. So, okay, that's, so, that's, yeah. So take what I said about uh, coherent systems and transplant that to me talking about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. I apologize. I was mistaken. It's nice to see Final Fantasy Tactics has similar problems. Well, Advance at least has the avatar of arbitrary bullshit. Yeah, the judge. That, that's the thing. Like, when I said that the rules are coherent in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, it's because the judge will fuck with it. 
but the judge fucking with it is the judge's job. Yeah, right. Whereas, yeah, uh, and the plot in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance makes me so very angry. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics plot is just bad, and uh, the, the characters are nice in general. Like, I assume part of it is a translation, because the translation is notoriously bad. Ah. Right. But, but the, the main plot, the main point of the plot is, is, uh, is still that you're on the noble side against these rebels who are poor and trying to break out of the oppression by the nobles and you can't understand why the poor people don't, it's very Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> Oh, cold. Oh, that's that's it's very Bioshock that is infinite. A beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, just just I can see why you're a writer. <laughs> that 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 that's excellent. That is a yes. Uh, it's so unfortunate because you could do that. You know, like, you know, you could play that interestingly. It could be like at first you're like, I don't understand. We protect the poor and downtrodden. Why would they rebel against us? And you could, I don't know, find out and learn shit. Isn't this what your well, game's about? They, 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 they Actually, literally yes. tell him. Is- they literally tell him. <laughs> But the problem is, Ramza, I think they're trying to do naive. <laughs> and it comes across as a doofy but toad. It comes, well, it naivety. Comes across, he comes across as an utter, <laughs> utter nitwit. So, naivety is a good starting point, but if someone literally tells you the things that you need to know to stop being naive and you persist, then it's not naivety anymore. It's exactly. just you you are now willfully ignorant. You graduated to asshole. Well done. Uh, I think that we have to break out the very rarely used by Jeb, worse than Welkin scale. <laughs> now he's naive. <laughs> he's also an incredibly annoying doofus. <laughs> he, yeah, he's definitely a doofus. Welkin isn't, Welkin isn't ignorant, though. No. no. Welkin knows no. a lot of stuff about bugs. Welkin is generally sure aware of what's going on. He just then does stupid things because he thinks they will work, and then they do work because he's, you know, he has anime main character Fisher Kingness. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a crazy tactic. I will no say, I will say, yeah, submarine tank was awesome. Sorry. Submarine tank was awesome. Yes. <laughs> That one at least was kind of a solid plot in that, like, they went, oh, can we actually make that work? Yeah. He's like, let's talk to the engineers. Okay, we can make it work. <laughs> it's, it's not just we're going to try to take it to YOLO. a river and hope it works. As opposed to... Fuck it, YOLO, let's do yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The, the end missions are very much fuck it, YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no way we can handle a tank uh, of that power yeah. with all this. He's like, ah, fuck it, YOLO. They do, like, literally get magic super weapons and shit by that point. Yeah, it's... That's not a spoiler anymore, right? Everyone knows. It's Valkyrie. That game's been out forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is also a game from Japan. It's not like it's third so, re-release now, so I think it's okay. There aren't exactly... Well, it's been released... It's been released, like, three times in North America. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, it's been released again this year. All right. Yeah, what's it on this time? It's like a remaster for the PS4, isn't it? I'll say, more importantly, I, this, week I, this week I started playing Final Fantasy IX again, and that game is still charming. Uh, <laughs> is that the one with the blitz ball? No, no, it's ten. Is this it's the one with the water charming. tail? This one, what? Is this the one with the water tail? <laughs> the sword I think you mean monkey? sword tail. I'm not sure about my Final Fantasies. Yeah, it's sword monkey. Sword monkey. Okay. Giant heads. Oh, Final oh. Fantasy Nine is giant heads everywhere. This is the one with the really super charming black mage. <laughs> this is the one with yeah. 
the charming is a way to put and it's, it. And uh, so the darkest okay. sense of humor okay. of any Final Fantasy. And the prettiest villain. Yeah, Guja is gorgeous, is, a, is a very pretty man. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but yes, you were saying, Jeb? Uh, <laughs> it has some, in, in retrospect, it has some really questionable writing in it, too. <laughs> like, okay, let's face it, I'm not going to drop spoiler warnings for this game because it's... <laughs> it can vote. It can almost vote. It came out in 2000, I think. Okay. Almost vote. It can drive. (laughs) It can drink in Canada for four years now. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's been drunk. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a place, a city you get to a settlement that is a tree surrounded by desert and sandstorm. And you go climb up this tree and you say, oh, then you get there and you start talking to people there and they say, oh, the sandstorm protects us. (laughs) Oh no. The sandstorm goes away. The, then the sandstorm disappears. Like the sandstorm has disappeared. This means we're being invaded. <laughs> Does it? It's no, no, not a very that. good defense system. The defense system disappears the second you're being invaded. That, exactly. <laughs> That's some skies of Arcadia shit right there. <laughs> skies of Arcadia makes more sense than that. <laughs> skies of Arcadia lets you buy and sell things from a dog. Yeah, probably. That's fine. You're using the honor system. <laughs> I'm playing Final Fantasy IX with a, a very good this, naming though. system. Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> uh, just either appropriate phrase, or appropriate words, or just uh, like I've named the main character Segata, and uh, I've named the I've named Adelbert Steiner, the the, the, the royal swordsman who is willfully ignorant, naive. <laughs> I've named him uh, McChuffed. <laughs> and the princess love interest I have named Manga. <laughs> Which has led to some brilliant lines of dialogue, like, I swear, my life, I will protect you, Manga. <laughs> that is pretty good stuff. Uh, are you going to name for the pirate lady yet? The who? She's from Final Fantasy Nine, isn't she? The who? She's the the pirate, pirate lady. Beatrix? Yeah. Beatrix, you can't rename her because she's not a party member, really. She's not? Boo! Nah. She don't, well, no, she's a villain. Much Boo! Kind of better, really. But anyway, uh, she joined. Well, I mean, she, she joins up with she. She's a temporary guest party member in the last act of the game, Aww. and like when she's teaming up, <clears throat> which is totally not hooking up with Steiner. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of women who are like a fourteen and guys who are about a three. Hush. Have you seen this guy? No, I haven't. McChuffy is He's flattering. Uh, that's. He's... <laughs> That said, I've played Skies of Arcadia, where Belena is in love with a man who looks vaguely like the great Varelli stunt double. <laughs> At least he has some poise. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so what I have been doing video game-wise has been limited very heavily by my inability to download anything, which meant that I went through a couple of games I had had sitting around on my hard drive and not gotten around to playing. Um, as it turns out, I was not in a good mental space to be playing a lot of first-person shooters. Uh, Deus Ex doesn't like it when you try and shoot Sarif in the face multiple times. Um, <laughs> it didn't go well for me. Um, this is this a new Deus Ex? Or no, just, just the, the old uh, one again. The, the middle one right. at this point. Not the oldest one. The, the, the middle one? Oh, no, see, there's the original, the old one, and the new one. Okay, there's the original, the original sequel, which we don't talk about. There was the, a sequel? Yeah, Deus Ex oh 2, my. Invisible War. What? There was a sequel? Yeah. Oh. If, if at any point you want a project of streaming some river that does not rise very high above its source, I recommend give Invisible War a try. You will find so many hilariously bad things to make fun of. 
And most of them were because of resource limitations of the original Xbox. Yes. Yes. Sad sad to say that was one of those many eras where people did the best with what they had, but the result is still a pile. Anyway, (laughs) I went back... They probably shouldn't have put the sequel to Deus Ex on a console. Nope. I went back and I played a bunch of the point-and-click adventures I had sitting around on my hard drive, which meant I replayed Blackwell Epiphany, which I quite liked, even if the last two minutes are... Fucking bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. A a friend of mine has, I'm not going to try and do it, but done an improvisation of the Kiss the Girl song from Disney's Little Mermaid about this game where she said, in order to make an arty game, la la la, you got to kill the girl. Oh, it was about that. Yeah. It was about Bioshock Infinite. Oh, Bioshock Infinite does it too. Anyway. And many, many other games. Yeah. Oh, uh, right, the the one with the and the the time. Cha- What's it fucking called? <laughs> you have time travel powers. There's a lot of games. In Your time best friend is the cutest girl ever, and the game is like, I'm gonna do everything I can to kill her. Oh, oh yeah, Life is Strange. That's the one. Life Life is Strange. I'm pretty sure someone in that development of Don't Nod just has a fetish for <laughs> Chloe Price in peril because it's too common. It's like yeah. a Final Destination movie with one character they just keep killing over and over and over again. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I tried to play, uh, I played the Blackwell Epiphany, which I had already played, which was quite good. The ending is utter horseshit. Like, I usually hold up Wadjet Eye games as being very good in general and very well written and usually quite inclusive and smart. And the ending of this one is just ridiculously bad. Which is a shame because it's also the ending of the whole franchise, and that's a bummer to me. Uh, so play much, much like Mass Effect Three. Play it up to just before the writers think they're about to make their point and stop, and you get a good game. Uh, the other thing I tried to play was the Samaritan Paradox, and I learned that I'm not smart enough to play the Samaritan Paradox without Google. <laughs> <laughs> the Samaritan Paradox is a game where you play a cryptographer, uh, and... Samaritan Paradox, one of the best adventure games ever made. Yeah. There's a room that tells you the answers to all the puzzles. You know that, right? <laughs> no. No, I don't, because I couldn't find it, because I couldn't get out of the first room, because there's some puzzle about chemical symbols uh, in the <laughs> very first part of the game, like, the very first puzzle <laughs> it goes. It's like, okay, here is a point-and-click <laughs> interface, here is a book... Now you have to use a barcode to come up with chemical symbols that creates a sentence that is a cryptic clue to looking for something else. And at that point, I realized this is not a game for me to play Jesus offline. Fucking Christ. <laughs> like, this is a puzzle game for people who like that, like really good puzzles. Not my thing. I can't do it. But I also played Techno Babylon. Now, I know Jeb is basically sick and tired of me going, here are the best games that Jeb's already talked about on <laughs> indie games. But Techno Babylon is really good. Like, I wonder who said that. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 what? You're vindicated. The difference, although no, the difference is when Talon says it, people listen. It's so weird. Jeb is like your video game Cassandra. I swear to God I've heard Talon well, say that in reverse. <laughs> the, like... I, I watched a couple of days ago when I offhandedly, no, this is actually months ago now because I've lost perspective on time because the internet was down. <laughs> but a friend was offhandedly. Time has lost all meaning. <laughs> a friend offhandedly the asked. The laws of the universe no longer apply. Became a robot. Asked, a friend offhandedly asked if they could have a puzzle game. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't really play them, but you could look up. Uh, you know what Jeb has mentioned? Hex Cells and Snakebird as both being really good. <laughs> and two days later, I was watching two different people who had been listening to that conversation going, Oh my god, Snakebird is the best, and oh my goodness, I'm a genius, I'm playing Hex Cells, it makes me feel so smart. 
Why, why are y'all fuckers following Jeb? Anyway, um, but Techno Babylon is really good cyberpunk. Like, not, mm-hmm. not just in the vein of this is specifically evoking one 80s aesthetic. We are robots and mohawks! Because it's not. Yeah, it's not evoking 80s aesthetic. It's maybe going kind of 90s. It's, it's contemporary. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The subject matter it's dealing with is, de- is definitely contemporary. The visual aesthetic of the cyber setting it's dealing with does feel kind of 1990s Babylon 5, but that it's just to me. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm correct. It, it, it looks it looks the way that we want the v, the virtual reality internet to look. Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah. And it has a certain element of uh, Ghost in the Shell style stuff. Like so, mm-hmm. like this is this is a, a cyberpunk game that actually has paid attention to cyberpunk influences, which is another thing that Wadget I generally does when they when they tackle a subject, they do their fucking research, which is why oh you're gonna have you're <laughs> gonna have fun with Shardlight, <laughs> which by the way is part of the problem with dealing with uh, the Shiva because the Shiva is mm-hmm. comprehensively well researched about matters of the Torah and Jewish culture, Uh and specific maps of New York City. (laughs) Really, really good game, but basically impenetrable if you're not willing to say, look, I don't know this stuff, I have to Google some of it. Anyway, um, the the uh, big thing for me with Techno Babylon was it somehow was a dad game which endangered a daughter that at no point made me feel nearly as resentful of that mechanism. Like it did a really respectful job with that particular storytelling tr- uh, trope. Huh. Um. Well, for one thing, it, it never makes her yeah. feel terribly uh, incompetent. Yep. Um, the characters are all really nice looking as well. Uh, Max is charming as fuck. Does uh, he? Sorry. Go on. Uh, does he ever use her as an excuse to be a super asshole to someone else? Uh, because no. he needs to nope. save her? Nope. Because, like, that's the main thing that gets to me about uh, Dad saving daughter games at the moment. It's usually just, we want to justify this guy going, you know, all fucking vigilante on people's asses, and you can't hold it against him if he's trying to save his daughter. Okay, so not a spoiler directly, but I'm going to infer, I'm going to imply some stuff in 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 the game. At one point, he thinks he is behaving in a particular way for the sake of being a dad, and it turns out he is completely wrong, and the behavior he does under that impression is also harmful. But the game then goes, that was fucking stupid. Like the game calls him out on that. And when confronted with actual dad problems of dealing with an actual human in front of him, he's really quite good. And it's like, oh, wow, I stepped the fuck out of line, didn't I? It's like, yeah, you did. Okay, well, yeah, I'd appreciate a chance to make this right if I can, which is... Which is nice. I don't often see dads apologizing in dad games. That's very cool. Now, Techno Babylon's a great game, and at one point it features a French-made robot power-bombing a nerd. Who's <laughs> <laughs> trying to kill her, by the way. He's like, you know, I'll, I'll go deal with her. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, also, really good use of the cyberpunk elements of, like, programmable entities and programming in the context of puzzles that doesn't make it feel like you're doing someone's basic homework. It, it really feels more like good interfaces designed for these very complex high-level systems. So there are, like, there's a, a device you get called a splitter, which lets you split apart an AI into its personality, its role, and its memory. And there are all sorts of puzzles about making sure that something has the correct memory that you can extract but it has the right personality, so it has the same values you need it to have to get the information out of it, and its huh. role is correctly aligned as well. It's really, really smart. 
little system and they use it like four or five times, which is one of the problems I had with um, some of the earlier Blackwell games where Wadjet I had a good system and they used it for one puzzle and didn't permutate on it at all. It was so annoying. Speaking of annoying, can you hear the word the? I can hear the word the. T-H-E? Yeah? Huh? You are not annoyed by that fucking anime chef? Oh, God! Yeah, I forgot about that. And her little fucking jingle. Yup, 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 yup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a you, you know what listen you know what listener go play Techno Babylon I just want to un un uh unironically and generally un you know unqualifiedly recommend Techno Babylon's a pretty good game it's cheap the people behind it are pretty good people and deserve some money so I'm not going to feel bad if you wind up buying it and it's like ah it didn't do anything for me but it's a great game you have an incredibly obnoxious opening experience but it's so satisfying when you get past it because <laughs> she gets fucking say she gets hit with a fucking axe. <laughs> I'm gonna assume there's a context that makes this not awful. Yeah, uh, Beneath the Steel Sky. Actually, you know what? If you liked Beneath the Steel Sky, Techno Babylon is a smarter, better Beneath the Steel Sky. Jesus. Right there. That that's my that's my wrap up. I think that's actually the strongest also, recommendation I've ever heard Talon make of a game. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. I'll, I'll I'll recommend another game, which is Wajedai's uh, most recent one, which is Shardlight, which is their take on like post nuclear. Disto- uh, post-nuclear settlement, uh, resettlement Ooh. genres. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News, with all the news that's been to print for the month of September 2012. Don't you like capitalism? Because why let the end of the world get in the way of your bottom line? 2012, it was a year. In 2012, we didn't have anything that really stood out to me as particularly remarkable in the same way that tie-in heck wound up happening to us in a couple of other retro gaming years. But tie-in heck. You may remember one year we wound one month we wound up learning that Baskin Robbins made a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer tie-in game on the Wii. Yeah, I'm just wondering why you're mincing your I swear it's just hell. Tie-in hell is worse than tie-in heck because we've been to tie-in hell. <laughs> Let's see, okay. And with Tie Amber, we wound up learning. Tie in Hell is when the Cold Stone Creamery game came out. <laughs> and also their last last uh, guest podcast we had with Amber, we learned that there was a game which featured the Glitterati because there was one month where like 12 different really high-level, high-production-quality rhythm games all came out at once. Is, is that a tie-in? What's a Glitterati? Uh, it, it's not a it's tie-in. Not it's, tie-ins. it's a different thing that came out. It was a different thing that differentiated a month oh. of being weird. Oh, I see. Yes. And the Glitterati were awesome. Although that same group did also have... That same one also had the ninja-themed group, which just happened to have all the Asian dances in it. Oh, how about that? Anyway. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Ty in Hell yeah, it was, was, it was the most black water game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the I, black I don't know that it can get worse than that. Oh, the Blackwater game. Yeah. Why does Blackwater have a video game? That is Ty in Hell. <laughs> why, do war cri- why do war crimes have video games? <laughs> all right. So, we have a game that's... Is it a war crime? Well, it's related to a... No, it's okay, they were just robots. It's related to a movie that is uh, getting a lot of commentary for being kind of bad. It's a mobile media franchise juggernaut re-release on the PlayStation 3, 3DS, and Xbox 360. Angry Birds? It's the Angry Birds Trilogy, composed of Angry Birds Classic, Angry Birds Season, and Angry Birds Rio. 
Note that this game also comes with character bios and backstories for all of the birds, except for I have. I, I'm sorry, I can't finish this. <laughs> Tell us your no, no bio, Talon. Okay, you're in Hal, too deep now. Hal the green bird, Bubbles the orange bird, and Stella the pink bird don't have backstories in this game. Oh, well, it's good to know they didn't give the girl a backstory. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> girl say it all really? All right, we have uh, what is referred to by Wired Magazine as Vaporware of the Year 2009 and 2010. Just it- imagining the Red Bird being, I killed a man when I was in the army. <laughs> yeah, it's not anger, it's PTSD. Oh, oh it's just got a lot less fun. Yeah. Oh, PTSD <laughs> Birds is a very different game. We we learned uh, that after World War II, the United States uh, Medical Support Wing for Veterans idea of solutions for PTSD was to give them morphine and cocaine in free access. Oh, jeez. Which seems unwise. Oh. Anyway, this game was referred to as Vaporware of the Year 2009 and 2010, and what came out in September 2012 was the first level. (laughs) The rest of the game was not released until 2015. Um, But they released the first level. They did release the first level. So it's a game with levels. I have to say, this one's kind of got me stumped. Mm. It's got direct attention from Valve. Half <laughs> Life <laughs> <laughs> 3, Episode 3, Level 1. <laughs> level 2, and then nothing. Just nothing forever. Uh, this game is a remake. It's a first person shooter. It's, 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 uh. Vaporware remake? Yep. And it's not Duke Nukem Forever. No, I can't, like, obviously that wouldn't be the right choice. All right. It's Black Mesa, the yeah. Source Engine remake of Half Life 1. Huh. I did not know there was such a thing. Hmm. Um. Jeb, you sound like you maybe had some idea about this. I've, I've heard of it, but that's it. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, this one got a little bit of controversy in that at one point it came out as a free thing, because obviously they don't own Half-Life, and then mysteriously after going through Greenlight, green, Greenlight, Greenlight, it went through <laughs> Greenlight and came out with an early access version, which you do have to pay for, which yeah. is interesting. Next up, we have a delightful puzzle game by KB Games, named for their delightful logo of KB Virus. Yeah. It doesn't have a monocle. You should have a monocle. No. No, it doesn't. No. Is this I, don't, a I, don't, I don't know what Cap what Cappy Games does, so Ah, this is Critter Crunch. Ah, I should have known that one. Mm-hmm. You are you are aiming to use your long tongue to set the food chain in motion by launching small critters into the waiting mouths of large critters, clearing the screen and filling your belly. Ladies. <laughs> How does that fill your belly? They fall down into your mouth. Anyway, we have a 2D beat-em-up video game praised for its charming style and its fast frenetic action and for anyone who's played it for any length of time, incredible frustration at how badly it handles a two-dimensional plane. It's a beat-em-up? 2012. It was originally on Newsground, Newgrounds. Uh, it was released uh, in 2008 via Xbox Live Arcade. The 2012 Castle release Crashes? is a yes, Castle Crashers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 2012 remake was the 2012 release was a remake for yeah. All right. <clears throat> this is a 2012 video game released for the Wii, Nintendo 3DS, and PC, part of the Disney franchises. The multiplayer game was developed by Disney Interactive Studios in the United States, and three days later in the UK. 
sorry, released in three days later in the UK and Europe. The game is later adapted into a book by American author Cassie Oates. That's the introduction for this game. Game adapted into a book. Yes. Are you telling me Disney made something where the game was the first <laughs> part of the franchise? Well, it's 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 a spin-off of a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Canadian online gamers gave the game a score of 83 of 100, saying, as far as Disney games on the 3DS are concerned, this ranks amongst the better ones out there. The visuals are vibrant, and the varied gameplay will keep all these aspiring players busy for hours on end. While the gameplay does tend to get tedious at times, the reality is that the game's target audience, girls from 5 to 10, will definitely enjoy the game, provided, of course, they adore these characters. So it's either a Disney princess game or a Tinkerbell game. It is a Disney princess game. Right. In fact, it is Disney princesses, my fairy tale adventure. Okay. I have no idea what kind of game this is. Why is it a book? (laughs) (laughs) They already have stories. They've not started a princess who doesn't come from something else. Hold up, hold up, though. Like, if if it's a book that, you know, you're the the princess, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It still doesn't explain why the princesses can exist in the same space or anything. Some of them are Uh, pretty mutually contradictory. Kingdom Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. Which is also bullshit. Kingdom Hearts controls the universe and holds them together and draws the princesses into Uh. the safe place. They should have made an official Kingdom Hearts game. That would have been the best thing. I am waiting for the Kingdom Hearts Historia. (laughs) We have a game that was not released in Australia. It's by Team Ninja and Sega AM2, published by Koei Tecmo. Uh, It has a portable version on the Vita. No, nothing's on the Vita. Is this the portable Dead or Alive one? It is Dead or Alive 5. Don't know which one it was. 5. Didn't get released in Australia, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because of functionality it had. You're going to love this. Oh, no, I remember this. There's like a photo mode and you can do upscale shots. Yep. And they were like, these characters are theoretically teenagers, so that's Gross Petto. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like even though they've been... And the suggestion from the Australian Censorship Board was remove the ability to take screenshots of your fighting game and we'll allow it. <laughs> Our censorship board is the sky. Mm-hmm. So much hate. We have a remake of a classic beat 'em up game developed by WayForward. Oh, uh, um, yep, yeah, Jeb's already there. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Fox is gonna get it. Fox is gonna get it. Fox is gonna get it. Right. I didn't say anything. Well, no, I wasn't gonna. He said a thing. Okay. Yes, it's Double Dragon it. Neon. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, uh, WayForward definitely touched this production. The cover has a bondage cop on it. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. The double dragon? Double dragon. There you yeah. go. You've got the two brothers side by side, arms up, all flexing and swole. And you've got the girl who you're going to rescue and the evil mastermind who has her in his arm. And then next to the evil mastermind, there is a bondage cop mm. holding a whip. Uh, that's Linda. She's- oh, okay, cool. That's a character. That is, that is a known uh, double dragon character, Linda. Yeah. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> Excuse me, I, let me tell you about the lore. I must have missed her appearance in the first game. <laughs> to be fair, I missed the first game entirely. My well, knowledge of Double wore, Dragon was what one wore, kid at school she, told she us wore, it was like. She wore pink, uh, she had a tube top, and she carried a whip. Wasn't that just a generic enemy? Yeah. Like, I remember there was one girl, and of like, course it was... It was Linda. Oh, okay. All the no, generic no enemies had a name. And Fair enough. 
All right. All the, and in the in the, at least the, the the NES version of the original, uh, there was like a one versus one fighting mode. All right. We have a game. Be Linda versus a Bobo. Okay. Yeah, versus a Bobo. A Bobo. A Bobo was the big giant. I see. Okay. All right. Moving on. You got. Like, I don't think we had an instruction book for this game, so we were just like. Fat guy, lady with a whip. Ah, that bozo. Moving on. We have what might be Patient Zero for successful Kickstarter indie games and the spread of roguelike video games in that 2012-ish era. It has been re-released dozens of times for dozens of different platforms. It is generally is regarded the, as quite good. Is this, the, is this the official release or something that was an alpha version for a long time? Uh, it doesn't mention that here. No, uh, it, it appears that it did just come out in 2012 in September, and they're just like, that's it. Uh, they had a Kickstarter uh, that was promoted by GOG, of all people. But the Double Fine Adventure was Patient Zero for Kickstarter games. No, 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 this is a successful Kickstarter game. This came out before. <laughs> oh, oh, not... Uh, sorry, you mean a successful Kickstarter game, not a successful Kickstarter game. Yeah, no, this is a game where they said, hey, we're going to make this game if you give us money, and we gave them money, and they made that game, and it was really good. Okay. Um, it's a game set in space. Space. Ah. It's a roguelike space game. I mean, at that point, there's... Oh, you know, <laughs> oh I... It's Fatal. Hang on, what? It's Fatal. Oh, okay. Faster than light. That's a roguelike, okay. Yeah. Oh, very. <laughs> very. Very roguelike. It's basically a Star Trek roguelike at its best. Complete with the, you're in an alien planet, what do you do? And it's like, we send our people down. They come back covered in bees. Oh, Actually, a Star Trek roguelike makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because yep. they did the whole, you know, Planet of the Week. Kind yeah, of, yeah. That's another. That's another game where you play as the Imperials who are, who are trying to stop <laughs> the rebellion against you. Yeah. You start, why? Why do you think people want to play on that side? Everyone knows the rebels are the good guys, yo. <laughs> Next up, we have a game where if you open the game's page on Wikipedia, you don't get taken to the game; you get taken to the movie. Not even to the naked <laughs> section where it's like a game tie-in. No, it's it's just the movie. It just, the just cares about the movie. Which stars, in reverse order, CeeLo Green. Reverse David's, order of what? Of the of the listing of importance on the on the podcast uh, on the Wikipedia page. CeeLo Green, David Spade, Molly Shannon, Steve Buscemi, Fran Drescher, Kevin James, Christ. Selena Gomez, Andy Samberg, and Adam Sandler. Uh. I don't want to play Run this up. game. <laughs> no, Hotel Transylvania. Wow, they're they're all in Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> I didn't know any of that. I used to think that movie looked charming. I might want to watch it sometime, and now I don't. <laughs> yeah. I have, well, weirdly enough, I remember hearing it said that it's Adam Sandler not being just insufferably annoying. Yeah. On the other hand... Like, someone... it may be the best film Adam Sandler has made in fucking forever. Part of the cast is in prison now. Yeah, that's probably true of a lot of movies. Uh, I yeah, mean... let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we have a game where the developer changed uh its original development started in 2005 and it was handed over to a different company in china in 2008 it's a uh xbox 360 playstation 3 microsoft windows live arcade network kind of game a uh, psn kind of game 
you know, so not a not a triple A big box title, but an actual, you know, distributed everywhere digitally. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's a game about surviving. It's developed by Ubisoft. Ugh. It's post-apocalyptic. Um, it has a grappling hook. Grappling hooks are good. Uh, yeah, grappling grappling hook. Hook. Now you've thrown me off. You'll you'll love this when you when we talk about the game itself. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's um. It's not dying light. It tr- no, it's not dying light. It's a troubled development game. Uh, it started in 2003 and finally got released in 2012 after one developer had literally died trying to make it. Well, one developer, one developer, uh, uh, company. Say it like the game killed him. No, oh, the company right. collapsed because they were trying to make this game. Couldn't make it. Couldn't make the funds. They shuttered. They handed it on to Darkworks. Okay. Darkworks tried to do the same thing. Didn't quite shutter, but in order to continue surviving, sold what they had made of the game to <laughs> Ubisoft. <laughs> Who then, right. in true Ubisoft fashion, gave it to Ubisoft Shanghai to finish. <laughs> oh, I have absolutely nothing here. It's a game called I Am Alive. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which has, amongst other things, grim water trading, uh, a dad trying to find his lost daughter, sad conversations about, I was going to be a ballet dancer, <laughs> around a fire barrel in the middle of nowhere. And also you get a grappling nothing hook. In I, nothing in I Am Alive is in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's all in the middle of a city, but like there's no, no you know, burnt out, blasted kind of ruin. But you also get a grappling hook, like a really good action gamey grappling hook. Which is a shame because that game yep. is not an action game. No, it's Maybe not. Maybe totally undermine the tone of the rest of the piece. It's a little hard to take it too seriously when you hear the the uh, you know, grizzled the grizzled bandits are like, "Yeah, if they come through here, we're gonna fuck them up," and you just go. Pass in the background on a grappling hook that's pulling you along at roughly fucko miles an hour. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. It, it, it's not very respectful to the tone. It it, uh, it looked promising, <laughs> but it didn't live up to yeah. what it wanted to be. Like ah, oh, dear. The the whole like they're supposed to be you're supposed to be able to, like bluff having bullets in your gun and stuff like that to 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 avoid competitions yeah. and that. Oh, yeah. Always just, well, it always just boiled down to a coin flip, basically, whether yeah. or not they believed you. Can you also just kill people with a grappling hook? No, but no. the thing is, nah. the grappling hook meant it was really easy to not avoid fight combat. Anything. Yeah. Just Unless they shot at you and you were around the place. Yeah, oh yeah, if you got hit once, you're dead. <laughs> but you can revolve stealth kills with a machete, especially if you've got a grappling hook to get into position. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have it a game. It was not a which, good game. No. I am alive was not. Uh, yeah, I, I am alive. Struggled to exist. And... I feel quite sorry for it now. Mm. And there's a you know beautiful irony in that, I guess, given the name <laughs> and everything. Well, it also hmm. it also looks nice. Like it, it does its aesthetic well. Hmm. How unfortunate. So we have a game where I, I am confident that I can. I'm just going to mention this now because I know that one of our one one of the people who knows about this podcast and maybe the listener. Uh, we'll be able to guess the game based on this. The composer for this game was Hideki Naganuma. Anyway, this game uses a flat, cel-shaded visual aesthetic. This game was do- originally developed by studio Smilebit, was published by Sega on the Dreamcast, was published on the Game Boy Advance by THQ. Is this uh, Jet Set Radio for the Xbox yes. Live Arcade? Uh, yes, it is the Xbox Live Arcade release of the high-definition port by Blitz Software in September 2012. Yeah, th- this right. thing has been passed through so many hands. You see, um, 
uh, if I can provide some context here. Uh, yeah. Back in the the early 2010s, uh, the, the the early naughty teens, if you will, um, the Microsoft did what they called the Summer of Arcade, where right. they would they would help uh, market and publish indie console games for the Xbox Live uh, Arcade market, Xbox Live Marketplace on the Xbox 360. That's where we got Bastion and. Uh, dust from in 2011. Nice. And then 2000, I think it was 2000, or, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2011. No? Yeah, 2011, because 2012 was not as good, uh, because that's yeah. where we got, yeah, 2011 got Dust and Bastion, and then 2012 we got I Am Alive, and we got, uh, Jet Set Radio, and then you're also, you're, you're about to mention, um, the, uh, the, I think Tony Hawk HD. Well, I was, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So in 2013, they didn't do one? I do not think they, I don't, I think they stopped after this one. <laughs> that said, on the subject of indie games getting released on platforms after they'd had another release, not that Jet Set Radio was originally indie, but uh, this is the European release on the Wii of an indie game that's, hmm. uh, it's designed to emulate the feel of a type of game console I don't think that, I, like, I'm reasonably certain no one I know knows it. The MSX home computer. Oh, so it's La Milana. Yeah, it's La Milana. Oh, right. Where the love of the MSX is so deep, you get handed an MSX. (laughs) All right. Uh, La Milana, I don't know much about, but it's fucking hard. I have a friend who has all the achievements and has beaten the game multiple (laughs) times. Way beyond me. I I can tell you about La Milana. Oh, it's a uh, oh, it's uh, it's an exploratory platformer. Yeah. Um, it's it draws it has a lot of like real world religious and cultural references in it, and the yeah. idea is that you're in this ruin that is for some reason drawing on all of these things at once. And that's actually really interesting. It is a fascinating like Lorelai's is a fascinating game. Uh, it's just good luck getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> It's because, really hard. Well, it's also there are a million puzzles in it, and everything is is riddles and just there's so much going on there. I would recommend watching an LP and then yeah. buying the game because it's good. Lana <laughs> uh, Lana Two is in development where you play as Lamez's daughter. Yeah. She's yeah, I saw that. Rad. I'm into this. I have a friend who has, in fact, contributed to the Kickstarter. In fact, same friend contributed to the Kickstarter. So there's going to be a little kind of, you know, touch of my friend in that game, which I really like. <laughs> All right. Also, oh, the, uh, speaking the, of Kickstarters, the bonus, the bonus secret, uh, uh, like dungeon? bonus secret super dungeon that of impossibleness called Hell in yeah. uh, La Mulana had uh, the best, <laughs> the best reward. Yeah. In games. Yes, Jeb. What reward is that? You got the skimpy swimsuit for Lomeza? Yes. Lomeza so is an athletic, is a, an athletic, like. Oh, I'm the dude! Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's wearing the, the, the mankini. Yep. Awesome. Uh, next up we have and a game he's like- got, He's I, got abs. He's kind of, he's kind of built. He's good. Wait, stop. Speaking of Kickstarter, Russian Subway Dogs! Oh yeah, Russian Subway Dogs has got a Kickstarter going I on. I did not know that was going on to Kickstarter! Yes. I'm kind of hype about this. Yeah, I, I don't even know if the game will have that much time to it, but it just looks like such a fun little experience <laughs> and really good sprite art of dogs fighting bears. <laughs> if you get the freaking $250 pledge level has a portrait of your dog in the game. <gasps> I know. And we I can't afford $250. Alas. Okay, how no, long is this Kickstarter awesome. going? We need to break. We need to, we need to <laughs> get you to. 
we'll, 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 we'll run like a 24 hour stream and take donations <laughs> to get Ellie in the Russian subway uh, game. I would do that. All right. So next up, we have a game. And like, there is no chance in hell either of you know this game. So I'm just going to tell you the names of some of the. So it's characters. not the one. So it's not the one that I've already guessed before you even mentioned it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a Tony Hawk game. I was just going to start a countdown to Joe <laughs> guessing it anyway because I'm that's just, always what happens. I'm just going to share the names of some of the characters in this game because they're amazing. Okay. B spells a lot. Crumbs, sugar, cookie, dot, starlight, jewel, sparkles, mittens, fluff, and stuff, peanut, <laughs> big top. Pillow feather bed. Spot splatter splash. Ace fender bender. Blossom flower puff. Lady still waiting. Yeah. Marina anchors. Pepper pots and pans, who is not the same character as Peppy Pom Poms. Okay. And Sahara Mirage. And Steve. <laughs> this is from a game called Lala Loopsie, the Carnival of Friends for the 3DS. Oh, that's that awful toy. Yeah. It's like a string drawing. It's, it's ragdolls. Yeah. 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 Without any of the charm. Yeah, and the games were apparently quite adequate, according to the review. Decidedly <laughs> 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 mediocre. That's the thing. Decidedly <laughs> mediocre. That's, it's even better. That's the whole review. <laughs> I like that. No. I, I appreciate oh. the the the, the, t- the accepted admission of like, no, nah, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> now, Jeb, there is one good game that came out in the 2012 Xbox Live Summer of Arcades. One word reviews. Mm. Sorry, one line reviews. <laughs> Decidedly adequate. Disappointingly the one incompetent. Word, the one word review of Bioshock. Moist. Uh, no, we have a actually good game that came out in the 2012 Xbox Live Summer. Can you remember the one good game that came out in that period? Can I remember the fourth game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, was it from Dust? Nope. It was developed by Clay Entertainment. Uh, they had I Am Alive. 90% score at Metacritic. Wow. Reviewers praised the game's visual and audio atmosphere, the strong gameplay, and a new take on the stealth video game genre. Stealth? This oh, one uh, also uh, has uh, a grapple. Uh, this uh, wasn't uh, Mark uh, of the Ninja. Uh, uh, Yes. Fox got it! Yes. Mark of the Ninja! Yeah! Yes! I couldn't think of the fucking name. Yeah, but yeah, Mark of the Ninja is a real good game. Yeah, I thought it was older than that for some reason. No, it's only four years old. Now, we uh, we, we often stray into areas Talon clearly doesn't know anything about in this podcast. So occasionally like a rhythm game or a sport game will come up and I will <laughs> just kind of fumble away at it. Jab over to you. So we have a rhythm sport game <laughs> with the tagline... Real ball, real skills, raise your game. <laughs> uh, the game is officially licensed by the NBA and is bundled with Replica Spalding Basketball. The... <laughs> Deron Williams, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Mr. Williams. I apologize if I got it wrong. Uh, is the cover athlete for this game. I think Deron Williams on the cover of game. <laughs> Uh, this was developed by HB Studios and released by Majesco. I think he's on... in prison right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there you go. I told you it's a trend. Uh, it was released on the Xbox 360 for use with... The Connect. The Connect. Unlike most rhythm games what? that revolve oh, around dancing on. or playing musical instruments. This is about dribbling a basketball. 
Yes, it is. They get they made Kinect game, yep. which you play with basketball. Yes, yep. and they gave you a basketball. You for people who hate their television. <laughs> yes. Wish yes, all the items in their living rooms to be destroyed. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> the game has received positive reviews with critics commenting that the game can improve basketball handling skills. <laughs> However, concerns were raised with playing the game in a small room yes. as well as noise issues from both the game and the ball. Uh. Despite being well received, it did not sell well and was attributed to Majesco posting decreased earnings in 2012. Oh, I, I just... I don't think you need the Kinect game to 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 to, to, to do that because either A you've got room to practice your ball handling or B you should not play this game. I don't understand why the the game is needed here. You're just dribbling <laughs> the ball. Like, just go practice basketball, you widow. Which doesn't, uh, you know, aside from that, the fact, uh, the the idea of a basketball rhythm game is actually pretty neat. Like you could yeah. do interesting stuff with that. Yeah, absolutely. But not don't don't use a basketball in front of your TV. It was released on <laughs> September 11, 2012, and its name is NBA Ball of Beats. This is because they already used up NBA Jam, obviously. <laughs> that would have been the right name. <laughs> Now, last last note because this is this is definitely Jeb's wheelhouse. I'm gonna um, you know, basically read a sentence from the Wikipedia <laughs> and just let Jeb explain if that's hilarious or not. Yeah, how did you um, pass to Jeb for weather instead of sports? <laughs> He's clearly our foreign sports correspondent. I just like the idea of Jeb in a helicopter reporting <laughs> on the weather. You like the just idea of the person who's afraid of heights in a helicopter? Uh, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, okay. It's fucking hot. I'm going inside where there's an air conditioner. <clears throat> a playable demo was exhibited at E3 2012. In addition to having Deron Williams as the cover athlete, former NBA player Kenny Smith, okay. as well as the WNBA's New York Liberty, were tapped to market the game. Huh, me. Kenny Smith and the WNBA's New York Liberty did not eventually market the game. They were just tapped to. Oh. <laughs> I do not know. Okay. Now, forgive me. I don't know what WNBA's New York Liberty Isn't that are. the women version? That's the... The, that's the the New York basketball team in the Women's National Basketball Association. Oh, well, that's cool. The whole team? That's yeah. rad. All 12 of them. They got a really fucking cool logo, too. All right. <laughs> I bet it's got something to do with that being a lot more affordable than getting, like, one guy from the men's basketball game. <laughs> oh, that's so sad to think of. You're you probably would right. be being outrageously cynical for a minute. Honestly, yeah. honestly uh, Deron Williams probably made more money than any of them did. <laughs> Mm. Almost certainly. Cover art is worth. Well, co- cover promo is a, worth a lot these days as a contract thing. And women's uh, sports teams just don't get paid well. <clears throat> okay, we have a game which started when an animator told his brother to put on some pajamas. Prince of Persia. Took a lot of photos. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's Prince of Persia: The Testament to Jordan Mechner taking photos of his brothers in his pajamas. <laughs> um, it's a. Re- it's the OSX release. Finally, you can play it on the <laughs> Apple computer. In 2012. <laughs> it started the Apple II. That's the joke. <laughs> By the way, I think I didn't know about this, but apparently at one point a developer copied Prince of Persia's code... <laughs> And edited sprites and made it a Zoro game and released it. Thanks. Because, <laughs> you know, Zoro, wow. yeah, that works. Thievery yeah. was blatant back in those days. Oh, God. This is oh, back yeah. in the era of Tengen. Didn't even really have to pretend. Next up. Tengen was have- wonderful. Tengen was wonderful. I will fight you. 
I'm not. I'm. I'm do, do I? Do you look like? Do you see me wearing a shirt that says Tengen sucks? What is no, Tengen ripped off from? Tengen was a company that specialized oh. in basically they were a pirate company. Yeah, I remember them now. Pissing in Nintendo's pool over the fence. <laughs> they're the they're the other company that released a Tetris game for the NES. It wasn't yeah. even man. They Better. were just sitting in Nintendo's pool, going, "No, we owned this all along." What are you talking about? <laughs> And, and it was better. They, it was Duplayer. They relicensed they relicensed Clax at one point just before Christmas. So Nintendo had to walk into a store of video games and see on every single shelf Tengen versions of Clax around their version of Clax. Man, fuck this. Tengen also released the best NES baseball games in the RBI baseball series, which <sighs> was so good that eventually the RBI baseball series got brought back just a couple years ago to downloadable formats. Huh, nice. That's how beloved this game series is. All right. We have the release of an action role-playing game developed by Runic Games, released for Microsoft Windows on September 20, 2012. It's a sequel. It features peer-to-peer multiplayer support for extended modding. It has... You know what Runic does? Giant ferrets and dinosaurs oh. and dog friends. It's um Torchlight. It's, uh, Torchlight yeah. 2? Torchlight 2. The Revenge. That's the honey badger. <laughs> As stated in the trailer for Torchlight 2, Runic Games announced that they heard their fans' pleas and criticism concerning the fact that first Torchlight was a lonely experience without cooperative play. Aww. Yeah. Which I think is a really nice example of you know, what a small yeah, sure. can do. I mean, that kind of repetitive play does really, you know, it's boosted a lot by having other idiots around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Current and by um, honey badgers and female barbarians and stuff, because the uh, representation not great in First Torchlight. Very yeah. Uh, current current numbers indicate that Torchlight Two has had more hours played than Diablo Three, <laughs> which is quite a big claim, and I'm not sure I follow it very far off a cliff, but someone said it. Are they just Ooh. um? Uh, are, are they just not counting downtime during Diablo 3? Because, <laughs> like, if you subtracted all the minutes where I couldn't play because I was lagging because I had to use the internet to play with my friend in the same room, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I, I'd logged very little playtime in that game. Well, there's also the auction house. Does that count as a... <laughs> anyway, next up, we have... Been, a long no, time. I don't yeah. know, Talon. Does duping items in Diablo 2 to share with your friends count as playtime? Only God can judge me. Next up, we have a survival action game developed by a Japanese company, which was released exclusively on the PlayStation 3. It features Pomeranians doing parkour. Ah, shit, I don't know what it's called. Oh, bang, Urban Jungle? Tokyo Jungle. Tokyo Jungle. Tokyo Ah. Jungle. Sucks. I, yeah, at first I was like, ah, oh, sweet. And then I was like, wait, no, hundreds of animals dying. Yeah. And no, okay, no, sorry, no. Well, yeah. I, 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 I recently subscribed to PlayStation Now and I was on it. That's one of the things oh, yes. on it. And I tried it out. That game is just bad. <laughs> like, I can't really say anything about it other than it's just bad. It's like it's, gameplay wise. So it's, gameplay is bad and the, it doesn't look good. Right. It doesn't sound good. It's not fun to play. The game is just animals bad. So really it's like, it's a fun idea but it just fails in every aspect it sounds good but that's about it right like it sounds good in concept so here's the thing about this game that's meant to be about a post-apocalypse situation where humans disappear and animals now run tokyo all right the animals you can play include pomeranians lions crocodiles tigers giraffes hippos cheetahs chimpanzees gazelles chickens beagles dilophosaurus (laughs) 
hyenas, <laughs> Denonicus, Seeker Deer. Some of these things are not cats, like the others. Pandas, crocodiles, a Peking man, a Smilodon, Australian Silky Terriers, and an Ibo. <laughs> I, okay, I love the Ibo was in there. I like the That's Ibo. Peking man. Peking man was a prehistoric human. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Here's the thing: well, is all the like predators and and herbivores all they like? They all just play the same. Yeah. Ah. What? Yeah. The it's gameplay variety is not what it looks like. Very disappointing. How does the Ibo play? <laughs> it plays like a dog. Surely, uh, don't don't you need to give it vocal instructions to make it work? So, in a world without humans, it would just sit there forever with no purpose as a, an ultimate expression of dogs' relationships with humanity. Wow, that's bleak. Yeah, and also like the the, the confrontation with other animals. It's like, well, if it's predator versus predator, you press a button to dodge, and then you kill them. All oh, right. If it's All not right. predator versus predator, it's are they looking at you? No, you kill them. Oh, brilliant! It's really bad. Next up, terrible. <laughs> Jeb thinks Tokyo Wait. Jungle sucks. Fight him, <laughs> and I will step Next out of the way. Apparently, and kill you. fighting him is really easy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have an... doesn't matter that I'm a fucking Jack Russell Terrier <laughs> and you're a fucking coyote. <laughs> I like the Silky Terrier getting a showing though. It's it's not a well known breed of dog, no, no, but not, uh, my grandparents just... owned them for many years, so I feel a little close to them. I, the problem is that this can't be the best game with a pom- like Pomeranians. No, obviously, you've I mean, to, missile exists. Yeah, you've so got you've got to hit the lofty fucked. heights attained by Ghost Trick to get a yeah. good and, and like forget about it. Yeah, m- missile is the best Pomeranian in media. Uh, uh, though I have, missile I have will tell, missile will literally tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Alley uh, says that she is. A, I assume she. I don't know. No, I, don't, I don't know. Miss, I got the Miss, impression he, but I'm not sure it's specified. Miss, Miss, okay, well, Miss Miss will say that they are a top Pomeranian. Yes. Yes. Well, they were right. <laughs> Though, as far as the second best Pomeranian media, uh, the actor who plays the Mountain on Game of Thrones, who is something like six foot he's eleven, not a Pomeranian, honey. No, he's a human. No, he's a human, and he owns a miniature Pomeranian, and he posts pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Of him and his pet Pomeranian. It fit in his hand. It fits in his hand. Yeah. And apparently it watches him lift. <laughs> just, Does it not? I'm, I'm disappointed it doesn't just like sit on top of the weights. <laughs> Going up and down. Whee! Probably not safe. This is like 200 times my own height. Whee! <laughs> To tell right. Okay, last two games. We have an expansion pack for a game that I really enjoyed, and I didn't enjoy the expansion pack, so I'm just going to be salty and passive-aggressive about it throughout this entire description of its stupid, big, expansive maps, and its boring dungeons, and its silly beds. <laughs> oh, I, I should definitely know this. <laughs> you should. You played it too. I'm pretty sure Jeb's played it as well. Um, I will. I will give it this. It is one of those games. It's it's a it's a rare example of a game where a fat guy is like not a object of comedy. Like it, it introduces a culture where the guys are big and round, and that's fine. Uh, you know, it has a wild case of gender dimorphism, so the girls are all you know chubby but really curvy. Oh, that oh, fuck! It's Pandaria. Yes, it's Mister Pandaria. Oh, right. Yeah, they are an object of humor, though. Yeah. I mean, they're not exclusively an object of humor, but they're big tubby guys in the first place for the same reason that Kung Fu Panda is big tubby guy. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll give you that. It's funny watching pandas do Kung Fu because they're fat. Mm. Well, you got to make Jack Black funny somehow. Anyway, Mr. Pandaria. Next up, and lastly, we have a game where you play a stone frog. Zuma. Zuma. <laughs> that one was a gimme. Yeah, it was. 
us. Which version of Zuma is it, though? It's Zuma's Revenge by PopCap Games. Ah, the Revenge. Yes. I, I meant for like which console and. Uh, bu- 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 this no, Zuma's Revenge was just released on September fifteenth. Hang on a fucking second. It was released on September fifteenth, two thousand and nine. What the hell are you playing at, Wikipedia? Yeah. Oh, that down broke it. I somehow convinced Wikipedia to make something up. What the fuck? <laughs> Zuma's Revenge. Huh. Maybe it was a re-release and they just didn't bother telling you. Yeah, they, they don't note it on the Zoomers Revenge page. Because, I mean, it shit got re-released on virtual consoles and mobile things and... Yep. Weird. It's PopCap. But, yeah, that's our, that is our retro gaming news. Did you like Zoomers Revenge, Fox? I, I don't think that's the one I played. I think I played the other one. I don't know. I liked how you finish the game and, and then you get translation of the dialogue. <laughs> and the frog is, like, just deadpanning everything. That's all the podcast we have time for today, listener. As ever always, that's been Jeff. Zasman Fox. And tell him secretly a robot. Tune in next week for, please, like, please, I'm sure we can manage next oh, week. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to have week. internet. It's all right. We'll still be we here. Need, we'll we'll totally be be we need to stop promising next week until we can show <laughs> that there's a week. Tune in. Tune in next time, which will be next time. Yes. <laughs> we're really going to try for next week. New technology. Hey, look, there's a red... There's a, oh, it's flashing. Yep, record in progress. Isn't that normally what you get when a line is on hold or something? Speaking as someone who has worked with Meatspace sound desks, flashing lights make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs>